Praise the Lord. Open up with me to, I believe it's Hebrews, chapter 12, verse 29. Tonight we're going to talk about how God tests our hearts and helps through this testing that God brings our way. It helps us grow, it helps us mature, and it helps make, makes our faith much stronger through the test that God has for his leaders and also those that will be future leaders. And if you want to be a strong Christian, you don't have to be in the ministry, but just to be strong, there's some tests that you've got to take just as an ordinary Christian. And these tests you'll continue to take until you pass them. You don't fail them. Anytime he allows you to be tested, he's given you the grace to pass this test. But the tests nevertheless have to be taken. And the, the test that we're going to talk about tonight is the time test. Time test. There's times in when every when we pray and we seek God, there's times that it seems to be the prayer is delayed. It seems like God is not answering. Sometimes it even feels like, Where are you, Lord? When you, anybody ever prayed and you feel, you feel like, Lord, I need this now. I need this now. This is urgent, Lord. Do you hear me? And you don't hear nothing. And you continue to, to ask the Lord, where are you, Lord? I need you to answer, Lord, in the morning. If I don't have an answer by in the morning, Lord, this is desperate. Well, sometimes God don't move exactly when we want him to, but he moves in his timing. God has a timing. Yes, he does. And there's a process at times where when we go through the time test that you just have to wait on God. You don't, you can't, we don't, ain't none of us in here big enough to push God around. We have to learn to, to uh, adjust to his ways and trust him even when we are in a major delay. When it seems that God is not listening, we have to trust the Lord anyhow. And that is a test because I've seen a lot of people fail this test. <coughs> When God didn't answer a prayer for them in their desperate situation, and when God didn't answer them, I've seen people turn their back on God. Walk away from God. Amen. Quit coming to church. It hindered their faith. They, they began to waver, and they began to draw back, and eventually backslide because they felt like there is no God now. But it ain't. You have to, you have to continue to be persistent and continue to endure in this time test. You can't give up on God. You have to know, hey, where else do I have to turn? Yeah. I, I, we don't have anywhere else to turn. No. Jesus is the answer. Right. He's the only answer. Hallelujah. But he may not come through when I want him to, but does that make him any less powerful? No. no. He may be teaching you and me something. And that's the key here. The time test is to teach us something. 
In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 29, the Bible says, For our God is a consuming fire. Our God is a consuming fire. You know, anytime that you have any, if you have only pure gold, I mean melted gold is minted. Gold has to go through a process. You have to get the impurities out of it. Also, if you go to a silversmith, and they, the, the silversmith, if you go and you was to observe his job, he will take the silver and put it in a heated furnace. And he'll put it in, and it gets heated up, and then he'll pull it out. And when he pulls it out, he wipes away the impurities. He puts it back into the furnace. It gets heated up again. He pulls it out again. He wipes away the impurities. He puts it back in. This is a process that's done over and over and over to get rid of one thing, impurities, to check the impurities. Our hearts have to be checked. We have to be tested to see what's in us. And sometimes we have things in us that God does not bring God glory. Therefore, he has to put us in the furnace. We have to go through the time of testing so that he can see and we can see. Listen, God already knows what's inside you, but you don't see it. Amen. Did you know the Bible says in the book of Jeremiah that our hearts are deceitful, deceitfully wicked above all things? Who can know it? I've heard some people say, but I got it. This brother has a good heart. He got a good heart, all right. But you, you wait, wait till you put him in the right pressure situation. Then you'll see really what comes out. Amen? So this, this pressure. And, and if you was watching the silversmith purify the silver, and you must have asked him, how do you know when the silver is purified? How do you know when it's ready? And he would say, oh, that's an easy one. When I can pull the silver out, and I can look at it and see myself in the silver, I see the reflection of myself, then I know it is pure. Therefore, for us, when God takes us through these tough times, desperate situations, and a time of testing, then when God sees, sees Him in us, us in Him, then the test is passed. The, the test is that you are found in the image of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. That's a process. We all have to go through a change to look like Jesus. We can't remain the same as the day we were when we got saved. We have to go through a process of change. Amen. Amen. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 1 verse 6, He that began a good work in you will complete it until the day of salvation. There's a work that's going on in you. And the work is to purify, to cleanse, hallelujah, to get us looking more like Jesus as we could possibly get. And the more we submit to him and these testings and trust the Lord in every situation, we'll find out we'll, we, we're going to be changed. We're going to look more like Christ. And when we look more like Christ, the world is going to know you are true child of the king. Not just in mouth only, not just in confession only, but because of the way you live and the way you act. I see your attitude. I see your motives. They are all pure. God wants to know our motives. 
Every minister has to go through a time of testing to see if his motives are right. And if you are truly called into the ministry, you'll always be tested. The Bible is full of examples of, of uh, over and over of how God tested his people. So in this time test, we see that God's going to test us, number one, the purpose of it is to purify us. He has to know, can he truly trust us with ministry? Can he really trust you? If he can, we, we, every minister must have a purpose to bring him glory. Every minister should have a purpose of always pointing people to Jesus. Amen. Amen. We did a healing service in here Sunday, Sunday morning. It ain't about us. We just operate by faith. We lay hands on people like he told us to do. All the glory, honor, and the praise goes to him for healing people. We don't heal people. It's his anointing. It's his anointing. His anointing, not our anointing, that heals people. We're just uh, earthen vessels that he decided to put this treasure into. But anytime you, you're looking at a true man of God, they will always give Jesus glory for anything, any prophecy, any healing, any deliverance, any, any type of whatever. All the glory always goes to the Lord. Yes, it does. Amen? Yes. Amen. Um, <clears throat> God will also have to test people in the ministry or future leaders to sort out those who are truly called by him. He has to sort people out. Anytime, uh, uh, there's some people that actually go to Bible school that are looking, not because they were called, but because they're looking for a paycheck. They see the ministry as an area where, well, they don't have to pick up a shovel. They don't have to get in the ditches. They don't seem to get dirty. They're just looking for uh, uh a pulpit to get behind and get a, uh, they don't have a heart for it. They're looking for a paycheck. They look at it as a money thing. And God has to sort through these people. So, because everybody that's behind the pulpit don't mean they've been called. It, just because they got a, a, a plaque on the wall said they went to so-and-so uh, -so Bible school for the last four years and they got a degree and now they are ordained to preach don't mean that they've been called by God. Amen. Amen. So God has to sort through people to make sure that they're truly called. And God will put us in different situations and pressurized situations to see if we are truly called. Because if you're not truly called, when the pressure comes and these different times come, these situations come, this time of testing come, if you're not truly called, ministers quit. Do you know there's a very high percentage I don't even know what the percentage is somebody told me it real high of ministers that quit every day ministers that drop out every day I'll, I've been I, listen I have felt like quitting before because of the situations and the things that were going through some of y'all have been here with me a long time have seen me cry over some of these pressures in the past but uh, I learned something through all that that if you are truly called, you can't quit. No. 
you can't quit. You may want to quit. The devil may want you to quit. The devil may want to get you out of the thing. But if you're truly called, God will keep you. He will, he will help you through the situation. But if you're not called, it's actually a good thing that you fell out. They quit because it's better for the church that you let went because you never were called. Can I have amen? amen. If you ain't called, you ain't anointed. If you ain't anointed and you ain't called, all you're going to do is hinder the church. So, now, uh, let's talk about a couple of examples of the time test. And both of these stories you'll be uh, pretty familiar with. Abraham. Everybody knows Abraham. And from Genesis chapter 12 through 18, we find the story of where God came to Abraham. He found Abram. Before he was Abraham, he was Abram. And later on when God cut a covenant with him, God changed his name to Abraham. But God called Abram to leave Haran and go to Canaan. And when he did that, he also, there was a time period right after that where God came back to Abram and said, I'm going to cut a covenant with you and you're going to have a son, a promised son, a supernatural son, one that I'm going to give you. Because see, Abram, Abram and his wife, they couldn't have children. Abram, first of all, in the physical, he was uh, beyond uh, his age. Very old. Wasn't supposed to be able to have children at this age. And on top of that, his wife was barren. Her womb was closed. <coughs> unfruitful. She, they had <coughs> tried to have children all their life and could not have any children. So Ab Abram was actually going to leave everything that he had to his servant, Elie uh, was it Eleazar? Eleazar. Gonna leave everything to him because he didn't have any children. But he had he wanted to leave it to somebody, so he said, I'm gonna leave it to this man who served me all my life. But then God came to him and said, No, you're gonna have a son. You're gonna have a promised son. And Abram took God for at his word and said, Okay, I believe you. And and he and Sarah also knew that they were gonna have a child. But Sarah laughed. She found it hard to believe that all these years, look at you, Abram. Look how old you are. And look at me. We ain't never had no children. I mean, this, our time has passed. I, this, this is just impossible. It was impossible. That's why God chose them. Because he wanted to make a name for himself. Amen. God wanted to make a name for himself among the nations. So he said, y'all going to have a child. So Abram said, okay. But there was a time test. When God first spoke to Abram, he was 75 years old when he told him, you're going to have a promised son. When it, as years went by, actually, uh, Ishmael was born when Abram was 86. So that's 11 years. 11 years has passed since God has told him, you're going to have a son. 11 years. So they got impatient. And they got ahead of God. And Sarah came up with a, a fleshly, carnal idea that 
Maybe we should help God out a little. I got a plan. You know, sometimes when we come up with our own plan, we'll even say, the Lord said. Huh? Yeah, I've seen people manipulate that, that word and say, yeah, I, I just got it. I just seen a vision. It just came before me. What you're supposed to do is go to Hagar. Hagar and you're going to have a child. You go sleep with her. Abraham, he went on and said, okay, Hagar, let's go. <laughs> so 11 years have went by. They have been patiently waiting on this promised son, but Sarah still is not pregnant. So they get ahead of God. Abram and Hagar have a relationship, and out of it, Hagar has a child, and they name him Ishmael. Ishmael. So 11 years later, now, you know when Isaac was finally born? 25 years. From 75, the babe, Isaac was born at 100 years, when Abram was 100 years old. So 25 years goes by. That's a time test. When God gave you a word at 75, and it takes 25 years for it to come to pass, if we are impatient, we can get ahead of God and get things all off the track and cause a heap of trouble. Do you know Ishmael, out of Ishmael came, came the Arab nations. The Arab nations. Those that surround Jerusalem are known as the Arab nations. The Saudis, the Irans, the Iraqs, the Palestinians. All of them are Arabs. And guess what? The Lord said, Ishmael will be a great nation and he will also be a warrior. He did exactly what the Lord said he would be. But you know what? He is the thorn in the flesh to Israel. The flesh. And because of Abraham's impatience and went in and had this Ishmael, we call that a terrible mistake of getting ahead of God because he did not pass the time test. He got ahead of God. Listen, whenever God has given you a promise, if he has said something to you, you must wait on it. You just remember it's not in your timing for this word to come to pass. You must wait on God's timing for his word to come to pass. And if you try to get in front of God, you can actually hinder God and mess things up worse because you didn't wait. The time test will teach us to be patient. To be patient. Now the second example, I wasn't planning on using this when my, bro my brother brought this one up to me, is David. When he was a young boy, he was anointed by Samuel, the prophet, to be the future king for Israel. Well, David was a young boy at this point, and it took years for this to come to pass. And during the time that Samuel actually poured the anointing oil on him and anointed him to be the king. The anointing was already on him to be the king. But it was not time for him to be installed into that position. So David, even though he knew he was the king and anointed to be the king, he had 
to know the timing of Almighty God to wait. Because during the waiting time, David killed Goliath. He got promoted by King Saul into the palace. David became King Saul's armor bearer. Y'all hear me? That means he was to protect the king, watch over the king. And King Saul recognized the anointing on King David, which he didn't call him King David. King Saul was the king at the time. But David was anointed with worship. And when King Saul would get distressed or uh, tormented by demons, the Bible said he would call David in to play for him. And when David played for him, the anointing would relieve King Saul from these demonic attacks. That's what worship does for us today. When it's anointed and honor the anointing, you can come in here with depression, you can come in here oppressed, you can come in here suicidal, but if you leave, hallelujah, while you're in the presence of God, the anointing will relieve you of that. I've seen people come in here depressed and walk out free because of the anointing that's in the house. Amen? Amen. So here's the thing. David did a lot of things for King Saul, but King Saul recognized the people wanted David to be the king. And he truly was the king, but it wasn't his time. He's got to take the time to it. He's got to wait on the Lord. So King Saul gets mad at David, throws his spear at him, and tries to kill him, and David flees from Israel. He begins to hide in caves. Do y'all know that? He went to hide in caves, in mountains, he began to run from the king because King Saul had a lot of resources and he wanted to kill David because he was jealous of David. He was jealous of that anointing upon him. And he knew he was going to get replaced. So one day, David is hiding in the cave, Brother Larry. And, you know, he wrote a lot of the Psalms while he was running for his life. When he was under adversity, he was writing in those caves the Psalms that we have in our Bible today. And one day when King Saul went looking for David, he had to go to the he had to, he had to go relieve himself, the Bible says. He had to go to the restroom. So he went up into this cave and he began to relieve himself in private, not knowing David is in that king in that cave. And when he's using the restroom, David comes up behind him and he cuts a piece of his garment off. Y'all hear me? King Saul finishes his business, goes back down the hill, and then David came out and yelled at King Saul and said, King, look what I have in my hand. I have a piece of your garment. I could have taken your life today. Your life was in my hand. But David knew what the word said. And the word said, touch not my anointed one and do my prophets no harm. David knew what the word said. And he said, you know what? His life was in my hand. I could have took it. I could have got ahead of God. But instead, David took the time test. And he said, I'm not going to take that throne till God puts me on it. I'm not going to take this man's life. So he let King Saul go back to his position 
go back to the kingdom and take on his kingdom responsibilities. And David waited. And he waited to the right time when Saul was dead. Then they installed David to take over the kingdom and, and be the king of the Jews. Judah and Jerusalem. Israel. He, he became the king, but he passed the test. So many of us, because of the delay, we want it instant. We want it now. We've got so ruined by the time that we live in. The microwave society. I want it now. I want this now. Somebody may get called by God into the ministry. And if you ain't careful, just because you get called don't mean you've been prepared. After you get called, there is a preparation time. There's a time that you go through the wilderness, time that you go through the time test, the word test, all kind of tests. But God wants to see how you're going to treat my people when I put you there. And there's a time. And if you try to get out of God's timing, you can mess everything up for yourself. So we got to learn that when we pray and we don't see immediate results, we may be going through the time test. we got to learn that I have to be patient. And when I don't see God working, does not mean God's not working. Amen. It means he's working, but there's going to be a certain time when God said, I'm going to fulfill it on this day. And you have to be patient. You have to be pure. You have to be uh, joyful. You have to keep your place, keep your heart. But when that time comes, I'll bring it to pass. The Bible says in Habakkuk chapter 2, Verse 3. Let me see. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 3. Have y'all found Habakkuk lately? No. <laughs> it's right behind Nahum. I'm going to read it for you. Habakkuk 2, 3. Look at verse 2. And we're getting ready to close. Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision. Make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. The vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end, it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait, for it because it will surely come it will not tear. This is all about the time test. When God has given you a word, given you a prophecy, given you a promise, hallelujah, just wait on the Lord. Hallelujah. Though it tarry, wait on it. You must wait. You must be patient. Keep it before you. Keep trusting in God. Keep doing what you're supposed to be doing with God. Keep your responsibilities. Keep doing, hallelujah, what he's called you to do. And at the right time, God will install you right where he wants you. And when God puts you there, can't nobody keep you from it. Amen? Amen. God wants you there. He'll promote you. 
But there's time when we go through what we call uh, a delayed, delay, uh, a time of delay when we don't think God is listening. And sometimes, you know, always remember this, delay does not mean denial. Sometimes when we think God hadn't heard us, that, that ain't God's will for us. And we just shift into a whole nother area. It ain't that God's saying no. He's just saying, wait, it ain't time yet. And while he's saying it ain't time yet, hallelujah, just keep serving him humbly. Keep serving him joyfully. Keep, keep, keep doing what you're supposed to be doing while you're tarrying. Hallelujah. Don't get whole old pitiful me. Don't start complaining. Don't start murmuring. Don't, be, don't, don't get into all that because you're going to delay the process. And all that is bringing out what's in you. The impurities are, sur are surfacing when the pressure is on. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let me address these. If you're watching tonight, it was our honor to be in your home. I hope this message was an encouragement to you and a blessing to you. Hallelujah. Delay does not mean denial. If you're in the middle of a situation now where you believe God has called you or given you a promise concerning this or that in the Word of God, maybe a prophet prophesied over you, but it hadn't come to pass yet, continue to wait on the Lord. Keep that prophecy before God. Hallelujah. And continue to do what you've been called to do with a joyful heart and spirit, spirit and God will bring it to pass in His own timing. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, hallelujah, today is the day of salvation. Accept Jesus Christ. He's already died. He's already rose from the dead. If you'll believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, you shall be saved. Jesus Christ is your answer today. Seek him and you shall find him. We love you. Thank you for tuning in. God bless you.